I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1,400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th, and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible, and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. Welcome to Minute 56 of Season 6 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a Capra-esque journey through the 1946 classic, It's a Wonderful Life, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is Duncan Shields of Tronologically Speaking and a whole bunch of other stuff that he'll tell you about some other time. Uh, Welcome back to the show, Duncan. Hey there, happy to be here. Looking forward to talking about this. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to have you back. And I, I was just talking to Old Man Potter, so we'll have to you know, figure out about that. <laughs> so minute 56 begins with uh, George agreeing with Uncle Billy and ends with George uh, explaining to both us and the people in the scene uh, how the building and loan actually works. Last week we, we had George's wedding and then George was on his way to his honeymoon and it's raining and he has to go in and uh, take care of something in the building alone because everyone's trying to get in. He opens the door, goes upstairs and he starts talking to uncle Billy who explains to him the situation, but you can go back to last week's episodes to hear all those things. And this week begins on Friday. Uncle Billy says, gosh, I wanted to be there. And then George says, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and then he looks at him and goes, you can take that off now. He looks at the, the string on his finger. I mean, we talked a little bit about this last week, but it's really, really strange that nobody reminded Uncle Billy that there was a wedding. You know? <laughs> kind it's, of a big deal. Yeah, exactly. And why is George not there? You know, like, why, why did George not show up to work today? Who knows? But, you know, Uncle Billy, and you'd think that, that cousin, <laughs> yeah, cousin exactly. used this. He's like, oh, that's odd. Yeah. Exactly. He's, he's not here today. He just didn't show up. That's Strange. Right. Yeah. So is he just by himself in the building going, <laughs> that's weird. Where is everybody? Yeah. I, I thought we opened at a certain hour. Where did everyone go? <laughs> I don't know. That's that's actually a, a slight problem. Hmm. Yeah, you know, that's, a, that's a good, I guess you'd call that a hole or, or, or an issue. That is something. It, it is definitely about. something that's very strange, because <laughs> as you said, Billy's sitting there going, where's everybody? <laughs> I I thought they were showing up to work today. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's, 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 uh, it's something we'll have to uh, try and figure out when when they actually show up, because they, they, they do end up showing up eventually, both uh, Cousin Tilly and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and Cousin Eustace. But, you know, well, well, we'll keep an eye out for them this week. How's that? <laughs> But sounds good. Yeah. And and I think what it comes down to is, is that George knows his uncle and, you know, he just isn't upset about that. Maybe he just didn't want him at the wedding. <laughs> Maybe that's what it comes down to. <laughs> Maybe it's like, you know what I'm yeah, glad that whole, that uncle... that whole, that's, this whole part. Yeah, that whole part of it is kind of it's very interesting that not only was his uncle, like, you know, who he's close with and loves, 
not at the wedding. And works with every day. Uh, he also showed up. <laughs> it works with every day. He, he showed up at at their place of work, and no one else did. And uh, he's just, you know, mystified by it. That's, that's actually a good point. I mean, there's no time for wondering because we're in the middle of a crisis. Uh, the wedding has just happened. We've got these two giant emotional beats happening one after the other. So, uh, yeah, I guess it didn't really occur to me to question the question that one. But right. Okay. No, that's fine. But, that, but that's that. what we're here for, Duncan. To, to f- we're here to find that's these things out for. as they go as they go along. You know. And yeah. and what's funny is, is he points to the to when when he says you don't need this anymore, you can take this off. He points to the string around his pinky, but he has a string on his on his uh, index finger also. So how does he know which one? Yeah. <laughs> unless, yeah. unless yeah. on uh, the other day he said to Uncle Billy, "Put a string on your pinky to remember about my wedding." <laughs> I betcha. I betcha. He said he held up his hand and said, "They see this string right here on my pinky. That's the one. That's the one that will right. make me not forget about your wedding." That's right. right. And we saw it worked really well. <laughs> yeah, worked great. Yeah. Then they, they, they go back into, I guess, the main area of the, the building alone, and there are tons of people there. You know, the, yeah. I would say there's probably at least uh, 20 or 30 people that are in, in the, there's crammed into this little uh, lobby. Did you do an uh, exact head count? No, I didn't. I was I curious didn't. about the did you, did you do a yeah. Did you do a head count? No, I was going to, but I didn't. I think twenty or thirty is a good uh, a good estimate, though. Yeah, I mean, basically, the the problem with the, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure you were you were on the episode of The Great Escape where we counted the number of of pieces of wood, weren't you? Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. so. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So <laughs> that's what that's what this this that's what this uh, this type of podcast is made for, definitely. Of course, of course. No, also, it's hard to do a real count because. The way they, they they film it to make it look like people are are there more people there than there really are. Yeah, you know so you know we get we get uh, them yeah, in, in little in little bits and pieces the the shots. There's no overhead shot of everybody except we do get a shot when a little later on when everyone goes towards the window, but not everyone is there. Also, I don't know. It's uh, can we count? Um, no, it's 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 really difficult to count uh, the way that the people are. are... It, yeah, it might be possible, but I think we'd only ever end up with a with an estimate anyway. So we can just say twenty eight or thirty one or something like there that. You go, there, you go. maybe maybe we'll what try. The, uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe later in the yeah. week there'll be a better shot, and then we'll be able to to be able to tell how many people are actually there. And yeah. basically, at at this point, George starts to explain to. To, to everyone, he goes. Now, just remember that this thing isn't as black as it appears. And as he says that, we hear a police siren. <laughs> now, uh, what is that police siren? What are those sirens about? Does it have anything to do with what's happening in the bank, or is it just a cop car going past? No, I, th- I think it has something to do with the bank. But part of the whole thing is last week, Potter said, "Do you need me to send the police over?" Right. And George said, no, we don't need to send the police over. But maybe Potter decided to send the police anyway, even though they don't show up. Yeah. You know, but no, he just wanted to freak everybody out or whatever. Correct. Well, we, we know that Potter has ulterior motives here. You know, he wants there to be chaos. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that that's his goal here. His goal. He, he likes when people are panicking. You know. Yes, he does. 
And at this point, everyone rushes over to the to the window to look out, which goes to show. I mean, again, people are far too curious. <laughs> this is definitely yes. a director. Uh, you know, the directors. You know, uh, the the basically Capra said, "Okay, everyone, go over to the window." <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. I, I don't think in real life you'd have that many people walking over to the window just to hear the siren of a police car. No, like uh, I remember catching because uh, there's Vancouver Island um, is off the coast of Vancouver and there's a ferry that goes between the island and the mainland often. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because it's the Pacific Ocean, you sometimes there's whales. And it's a, it's not often you'll get killer whales, you'll get you'll get blue whales, you'll get uh, you know different different whales. But once in a while, an announcement will come over the ferry loudspeakers and say, oh, uh, if you hurry over to the left of the ferry, there'll you see a blue whale breaching. And uh, so everybody, just like in this movie, will like rush over to the left side of the ferry <laughs> to uh, to see it. And that's what this scene that's what this scene reminded me of. But I don't think an entire room of people would flock to the window just to see what the siren was about, but maybe they're all in a pretty heightened state of emotion. So they might, it could be, but maybe, it didn't maybe, st- it didn't, yeah, it didn't strike me as particularly unbelievable, but it is a little extreme that they all just rush over to the window. Yes. I mean, again, it, it, I guess, uh, you know, Capra worked on the, uh, Vancouver Island ferry and knew to say, you know, <laughs> he basically gave, gave a shout out to everyone and says, okay, everyone, if you look out over to, to the right side of the, by the windows, you'll see a police car going by. That's right. What a rare occurrence! A police car. In I gotta see yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're 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 looking for for Bert. Where's Bert the cop? You know, because yeah. from we he's the only cop we ever see in in uh, Bedford Falls. That's right. So who knows? And we we don't even know what his if he's the the chief of police or he's just a regular beat cop or whatever it is. Never never really yeah. explain explains anything like that. But uh, I mean the, the the timing of this is is far is is far too perfect. Uh, did you talk about how uh, Bert and Ernie are the original Bert and Ernie? Um, well, they are the original Bert and Ernie, Ernie, but according to Jim Henson, he didn't get the idea from them. Oh, well, it was apparently okay. it was good. it's That's apparently a very very big coincidence. Okay, well there you go. Cool. That's good to know. Yeah, because I totally thought that's where that's where he got the name, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have that. Concern. Yeah, there's good. there's even a a an episode of Sesame Street where Bert and Ernie are, are walking by a TV set that's playing "It's a Wonderful Life," and they 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 say <sighs> the names Bert and Ernie, Ernie, and the two of them just look at each other. You know, but Wonderful. but apparently, again, it it according to what I've heard, it's it's not based on truth that they're that that the names Bert and Ernie in Sesame Street came from It's a Wonderful Life. But who knows? You know, it could just be one of those things that, uh, oh, no, 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 I didn't, I didn't want to break any, uh, you know, copyright things. Uh, of course not. You know, that's, I, I just thought it, it, it's, it's a coincidence. It's a coinky-dinky, yeah. you know. <laughs> and at this point, uh, George tries to calm everyone down because they're all still uh, a little agitated here. And he goes, I have some news for you, folks. I was just talking to old man Potter. And he's guaranteed cash payments at the bank. The banks can open and reopen next week. And then we have uh, a lady say to him, but George, I got my money here. And then someone else says, did he guarantee this place? And then George's response is, well, no, Charlie. I didn't even ask him. 
So it, it's very funny that th they little by little give us names of characters. Um, you yeah. know, and, and it, part of what they're doing is showing, you know, how close knit a, a town Bedford Falls is, you know, that George knows everyone, everyone knows yeah. George, which is obviously part of the, the main theme of this movie, you know, that everyone knows George. Yeah. You know, George is the, uh, the originator of Cheers, you know, a place where everyone knows your name. It's just the way the way it is. And so when he mentions Charlie, so I, I looked it up on IMDb to find out who this actor is who plays Charlie. And it turns out that uh, it's an uncredited uh, uh, part by a man whose name really is Charlie. His name is Charles D. Wilson, oh. who was born in 1894 and passed away in 1948, just two years after this movie came out, uh, at the age of 53. Now, looking at this guy, he does not look like he's 51. Right. I mean, there's something that, that we talk about a lot in this movie, that these people don't necessarily look look the way you would think they look. You know, when when you look at this guy, would you think that he's 51 years old? Uh, I don't know. Do you think he looks older? I think he, he looks, looks much younger? older. Yeah. I think he looks much older. Well, it, times uh, times were different back then. You see a lot of these, um, you know, post-Depression era pictures, and uh, they're like... You know, this 38-year-old looks like a 57-year-old. Exactly. And well, this 51-year-old looks like a 96-year-old. That, that's what it comes down to. I mean, I'm, like I'm... Starvation and hardship and stress. That's right. And everybody was smoking. You know, it's a whole different a whole different era. That's right. I mean, I'm... I'm at the time of this record... Of, of uh, you know, this, this show being released, I'm 50. I don't... You know, I, I don't think that, that yeah. I look uh, as old as that guy does. You know, who knows? Maybe, maybe no. some people will think so. But, uh, no. <laughs> I don't okay, there you go. I think if Duncan doesn't think so, then that was uh, I think it was Tom Waits who said the three ages of man are youth, middle age, and you look great. <laughs> ah, okay. So that's uh, that's your response. No, not that I'm saying you do actually literally look great, but uh, but it is it is it's something that you we, we feel compelled to say to each yes. other after a certain age. That's true. That's true. Well, come on. So it's better than the alternative. But, you know, when you're, you know, when you're 15, 20 year olds are old people. That's right. And when you're 25, 40 year olds are old no, people. No, I, I still. Know. What is the other one? So it says that 40 is the old age of youth and the youth of old age. <laughs> That's another saying. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I still have a problem. I, I when, when Back to the Future came out in 1985, I was 11. And I still think of all of those characters who were 17 in the movie to be older than me. You know, yeah. <laughs> even though I'm now older than their counterparts in, you know, Back to the Future Two, but you know that's just the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, so right. So Charles uh, C. Wilson has 257 IMDb credits, um, and he was actually in five different Capra films. Oh, he was in It Happened One Night. He was in Mr. Deeds. He was in Meet John Doe. He was in Broadway Bill, and he was in this movie. I mean, all of them were relatively small parts, but still. You know, he was, I guess he was, yeah, you could say he's part of this. the uh, Frank Kemper company, the company of players. Yeah. You know, we, we know that all, all directors, you know, have had them and have them. You know, you see it nowadays also where where you have directors that are just reusing the same actors just in different parts. You, you see it with Christopher Nolan. Uh, most prominently, yeah. at, I think, in, in this day and age. And, you know, you have a lot of different directors from years ago that that's what they would do. 
you know. You have, you know, look at all the John yeah, Wayne movies. You, you know, when you when you find some, Every, everyone in the John Wayne movies, yeah, they're all the same you, people, <laughs> or same actors. When you find uh, when you find when you find someone who shows up on time and works hard and is a delight to be around, you know, and uh, usually is up for it, then you're like, yeah, hey, you know what you doing? It's the same if you're putting together a crew of laborers for different projects or. Uh, you know, any any kind of thing that takes a whole bunch of people to complete. Or looking for guests um, for a podcast. Point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you get when you when you finally when you when you hit on somebody who's like some some people would say that about like different actors. But I always think that about an actor that seems like they have fame that is not in line with their talent or on screen presence. Whenever somebody is in movie after movie after movie that I just don't get, I'm like, what? Like, what is going on? You know, my immediate thought is, I bet you they show up on time and work their pants off and are a delight to be around. Mm -hmm. Because that will get you called back over and over again. And if you're, like, at least okay on screen, you know, maybe even a little bit better than okay if you're uh amazing and dedicated behind the scenes that goes a long way i think there's this there's only so many arenas left that tolerate uh tortured geniuses who are horrible to their co-workers uh but do great work you know there's a lot of there's a lot of in my industry in the computer animation industry i know that that's something that's not really tolerated that much anymore it's like if you're um an amazing artist but you're super toxic we don't want you to around you know like so i think this is i think there's there's still there's still the 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 artists out there that are extreme shall we say especially in hollywood but that's always been a a characteristic of of that industry but i think that's the thing when somebody's got like a whole bunch of credits or they're always coming back for the same director i think it's just you know they're hard worker they're great to be around and they're okay on screen especially with character actors Right. Sure. All right. So basically, uh, they continue the conversation, and George says, Well, no, Charlie, I didn't even ask him. We don't need Potter over here. And then he, he, he comes to the front and goes, Well, then I'll take mine now. No, but you're, you're thinking of this place all wrong, as if I had the money back in a safe. The money's not here. Well, your money's in Joe's house. That's right next to yours, and in the Kennedy house. And Mrs. Macklin's house, and a hundred others. Why your? And then the, the the minute ends in mid sentence while he's saying that. But I mean, I find it interesting that he's sort of explaining here how the building and loan works. I mean, we'll get a little bit more into it later in in the week. But you know, it's 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 very interesting that you know somebody who is building a house will have part of their money in someone else's house. I like it, yeah, and I guess it's similar to a savings and loan or a credit yeah. union, mm-hmm. you know. Like, and, and I, I think there's a lot of like this little this little speech he does here. This is why I'm so glad I have these minutes, is because this little speech he has here is is the heart of the movie and uh, the heart of the American economy and the heart of so many aspects of society. Like, uh, you know, it's like with any bank, right? Like if 
or even like, you know, when we used to have a gold standard with money, like if everybody on the planet called in their marker, called in their debt, the economy collapses. Sure. You know, like we saw that, uh, you know, recently, like it's not all in the back in a safe. You know, that's what that's the picture in your mind is that the bank has all of the money on the premises and it doesn't. It's all an illusion. It doesn't even come close to right? like, that. No. It, or it's the same even I, I read recently that it's the same with libraries, right? They're not big enough to hold all of the books that they have, right? They're dependent on the fact that a lot of people will have books out <laughs> because if everybody returned all of their books, they wouldn't have room for them. You know, like it's it's got to be in circulation. And uh, it's it's just this web of debts and credits. And that's 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 what I like about this because it's community dependent. This type of mm -hmm. economy is community dependent. Like there was this theory that I was reading about called uh, money velocity. I think it was called money velocity. And that's like if you give a hundred dollars to say, you know, the ubiquitous example of a struggling single mom. Uh, that $100 immediately goes right back into the economy, right? She spends it immediately mm -hmm. on uh, diapers or a bottle of wine or a night out or whatever. Um, but, you know, if you give $100 to a billionaire, it's going to go straight into an offshore account and it'll never be seen again, hmm. right? So this this idea that, you know, the less money you have, the more the economy is yeah. helped. You know, there's a, there's, a, there's a churning and a passing around of, of the same hundred dollars that is what you know makes the whole engine turn over right which keeps the whole economy going Correct. so this whole like and this is this this is the speech that's always lampooned or made it made fun of or everybody's trying to do like a, a jimmy stewart impression you know they're always like you know well well, well the money's not here it's, a, it's, a, it's in joe's house and then in the kennedy house you know that this this speech is is often what i've seen people use for like a um, you know an impression of jimmy stewart so yeah i don't know it's 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 a real it's and it's not just it's not just the economy it's this whole like in the in the planet of the apes movie the apes together strong you know part and that's that's what this yeah. is. That's what all, all this is about. Mm -hmm. But it's also like that men in black about how a person is smart. People are stupid. You know, they're, they're mad, panicky <laughs> animals. And you see it here in the bank, right? Like you, you, everybody's like, you know, everybody's cool and calm and collected when things are theoretical. But as soon as somebody's like, no, your money's in jeopardy, then people freak out. And then uh, especially, I can't believe they're taking this deal. Right. Like when uh, when Potter's giving fifty cents on the dollar, I'm like, well, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get that. We'll get to that later in the week. <laughs> you know. Anyway, sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I, I'm kind of going all in here. No, yeah, that's this okay. Is, Interesting. This is the beginning, the beginning of an important speech, and um, it's good. Yeah, and I mean, one, have you ever have you ever seen the movie uh, Twenty Bucks? Yeah, that's a great great film. Yeah, and I wish it's very hard to find. It's not. Yeah. Uh, it's not around. Yeah, I, I I've always that's loved good, uh, yeah. what are they called Port Portmanteau mm -hmm. movies. You know where where the where, uh, where the idea is that the, the main character is not a person. You know, it's generally an object. So in, the, in that movie, for anyone who's not familiar with it, this movie came out I think in 1993. Um, it has Linda Hunt, uh, Brendan Fraser, it has a whole bunch of different famous people in it, but none of them have very much screen time because the whole idea is, is you know, it, it it's all about the life of a twenty dollar bill. 
you know, from the moment that it is first given to somebody, you know, and then as it moves between people and we see like little snippets of, of all these people's lives. Um, that, that, that's a movie I should probably rewatch one of these days. It's been, it's been yeah, a while since uh, I saw it, but it's just, it, it goes with what you're saying about the fact that, you know, your money is in Joe's house. It's like, okay, now we're going to go see what's happening in Joe's house. <laughs> and then, uh, then, oh, that's in the Kennedy's house. So, okay, now we're going to go see what's in the Kennedy house. That type of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like, well, that movie's also got uh, Steve Buscemi and, um, uh, oh, man, 1.21 gigawatts. Oh, Christopher Lloyd. That actor. Christopher Lloyd, yeah, I got the Christopher. Right, Christopher Lloyd. It also has, um, uh, what was that guy's name who used to be married to Julia Roberts, the the singer? Uh, oh, Lyle Levitt. Lyle Levitt. Yeah, he's right. in it too, for sure. All right. Yeah. Right. I I think he plays like a a uh, a baker or something like that. I don't know. It's been it's been a while since I've seen it. I know that Linda Hunt plays this <laughs> this uh, um, the, this this woman without a you know the homeless woman. That's what she plays. Right. So, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, basically, you know, this, this whole scene is setting things up to explain to, to us also, I mean, we, we, you know, here we are 56 minutes into the movie and no one's really explained what the, what the building and loan does besides, you know, the, the idea of building and loan that you're building something and loaning, you know, but, but no one really tells us who's been building and who's been loaning and all that stuff. So this is starting to give us a little bit of an idea of how things work in the building and loan. And, you know, as we move. And it's very, it's, it's, it's very specific because the savings and loan, I guess, is a similar principle, but it's just savings. Right. Right. It's a little more abstract, but a building and loan is like specifically for like, you know, property investing in a community wide type of scenario where your money is going into somebody else's house but the rising tide of property values will raise all the boats, I guess, theoretically, is what that's mm-hmm. about. Exactly. Um, and that's all I have for this this, this uh, minute. you have anything else for this minute, uh, Duncan? No. No. All right. So every Monday we have a segment called Capra Monday, where my guests will give their top five Frank Capra movies. Uh, so why don't you start with your number five and work your way up. Uh, well, this is a very interesting experience because I'm looking down the list of the Capra movies, and I haven't seen more than five Capra movies. Okay, that's I've good. I've, I've so had guess. I've had guess that only saw three. So you know, you're you're you're, you're you one know. step ahead there. Okay, well there you go. Like I think my the 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 two that I remember really liking were uh, Arsenic and Old Lace, and uh, and it it happened one night. It Happened One Night is one of those movies where I remember literally laughing. Like, you know, and it's, and it's weird when you see a movie. One thing I always like is when you see a movie from, like, the 30s or the 40s or the 50s that makes you go, whoa, you know, or, like, I can't believe he just said that to her. Or <laughs> uh, I can't believe this movie got made. This is so extreme, you know, or ah, that's hilarious, you know, because you're so used to comedy doesn't travel well over distance or time and you see these jokes quote-unquote jokes from some 30s movies that you're like well i guess that was the style of humor at the time you know but this there was a couple of moments and it happened one night where i remember going oh that's hilarious that's really funny you know that the chemistry between the two leads there was was something else and it was a really 
just a delightful rom-com, you know, from uh, from back in the day. And I remember being really struck by that. So, and I, I you know, the, the more I learn about Frank Capra, the more I want to see more of his films. He seems like he was a pretty cool guy. Right. Okay, but you have to give us you have but to give us your, your 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 you know list them in your top five. So like, is it is it happen one night? Is that top your number five? five? No, uh, half of one night is my number one. Ah, okay, uh, you're going you're going the wrong way. <laughs> well, I guess I've only seen I've only seen two that I remember, so I can give you my top two. Oh, I think <laughs> uh, did you say you I think you said you've seen five. No, no, I haven't seen five. Oh, that's you haven't the, uh, seen that's, five. That's, Oops. Okay. No. Got it. Uh, I've seen I've seen less than five that I can remember. So the um, but the ones I would say the top five that I'm curious about are uh, my <laughs> number five would be American Madness because I want to see that there's I know that there's a there's a scene in American Madness where there's a run on a bank, uh, much like the run on the bank that we're seeing depicted here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, State of the Union looks like a lot of fun. And uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington seems like a really good classic you know, uh, every man, you know, because, you know, he's got this every man quality to him. People keep calling Jimmy Stewart. Uh, people keep saying that Tom Hanks is like the new Jimmy Stewart. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that Tom Hanks is, is just, is just Tom Hanks and Jimmy Stewart is just Jimmy Stewart. But there's that, there's that level to them of uh, a, a regular Joe, you know, and I think Mr. Smith goes to Washington would be that classic, classic Jimmy Stewart. You know, so every man ends up in the Senate, I think, is the premise or something like that. And he finds corruption mm-hmm. everywhere. And yeah. He has to stop it. He's horrified by it because of his sweet American values. He's kind of like, do something about it. So I'd, I'd like to see. Those are the three I'd like to see. State of the Union, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, and American Madness. Okay, I've seen, I've seen Mr. Smith goes to, goes to Washington and State of the Union. I've never seen American Madness, so I couldn't tell you about that. State of the Union, I really like. I, I always right, like cool. political... Uh, based movies like that so that, that was a fun one all right great so duncan do you want to tell people where they can find uh, duncan shields uh just go to buy duncan shields on all the social medias and um i'll be there you know or look for uh, duncan <laughs> shields poetry and youtube or uh or go to torontologicallyspeaking.com to see a fantastic dissection of the 1982 monumental masterpiece movie tron well, didn't it also include uh, the sequel? No, oh. but it did include uh, 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 a dissection of Tron Uprising. There is another section on there where episode by episode um, uh, we go through um, the Tron Uprising, the animated series, which was fantastic. Uh-huh. Okay, great. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. And you can find me on my website, movearoundminute.com. So until tomorrow, hot dog. Hot dog. I love you truly, truly did. Life with its sorrow, life with its tears. 